0: Welcome into the DNVR Rockies podcast. Brought to you by DraftKings Sportsbook. We're now code DNVR at sign up. It's going to get you some special offers on the Masters this weekend. Actually, it starts on Thursday. Where a simple five dollars bet is going to get you twenty five dollars in free bets for every birdie. Twenty twenty two U.S. Open winner Bryson DeChambeau wins. That's with code DNBR on DraftKings Sportsbook. I'm your host, Patrick Lyons, and on today's DNBR Rockies podcast, we got our guy every week, the voice of the Colorado Rockies for 18 t Sportsnet, the host of the Drew Goodman podcast. It's Drew Goodman. What's going on, buddy?
1: How you been, Patrick? You doing well?
0: Doing real well. Doing real well, excited for the start of this season. We're, we're getting one, this is good. I was worried about it for a minute there, you know?
1: Yeah, we were all, we, we spent a lot of energy uh, and worried and, and chatting about the lockout. Thankfully, I have not really had to mention that, nor have you in, in quite some time. But spring training, of which you spent a good portion of your time down there, I did as well, was awesome. Love Scottsdale, we talk about that all the time, but it was a whirlwind, it truly was fast. I mean, it was 24 days. Uh, yesterday we televised, uh, the last of the six we did and, um, they they played 20 games. That was it. Now they'll tee it up for real on Friday. So it's incredible, but I'm, but I'm glad, I'm glad it's yours. I know you are as well. 182 game season.
0: And that's not enough, right? We typically get more than that. It's crazy to think about. Yeah. It's, you know, one of the advantages, you know, I think that the Rockies had going into the season, Based on some news today, may not be the same advantage. They all came in to uh, opening day. It seemed perfectly healthy, which obviously can go a long way if you're not losing some of your best players. But just before we got on the air here, it was announced by the Rockies that Lucas Gilbreth and Robert Stevenson are going to miss a little bit of time as they are placed on the COVID IL. And so now Justin Lawrence and Jordan Sheffield will be on the first baseline at Coors Field on Friday at 210.
1: Yeah, you know, disappointing anytime that happens. Uh, in in terms of how it impacts the club, I think some of it depends on I, I imagine both those guys aren't going to be out very long, uh, Stevenson and Gilbert. But, you know, the Rockies now don't have a short guy on the left side opening weekend and I and I would assume through the the Texas series, but I, I don't wanna I don't wanna put my foot in my mouth. I don't know how long you know, this, this will be, I don't know. I'll be mean, Gilbert through yesterday. So I don't know if they're asymptomatic and what the, I'm not even sure what the protocols are. If it depends, if they're vaccinated, if it's shorter, if they're vaccinated, uh, if they're asymptomatic, but uh, to your point, they're going to be without those two guys, um, you know, for the first several days of the season.
0: Yeah. Last night, actually, both those guys pitched both Sheffield and Lawrence Sheffield. Give up a couple of runs there in the opener there in Oklahoma City against the OKC Dodgers for the Isotopes. And Justin Lawrence, in typical fashion, one inning, three strikeouts. So I think that probably could help spurn him into a, a really great start to the season because he's electric. He's electric. And the Rockies' bullpen overall, I think, are going to be a lot better than, than some people are, are giving him credit for.
1: Well, they they have to be. And they have power arms. We've talked about that. I've talked about it on my podcast as well. They have power arms. They can miss bats. Justin Lawrence, we've seen him do that. Uh, Jordan Sheffield had a rough spring, and I guess it continued in Oklahoma City last night. I really like his makeup, and I like his upside. So, you know, hopefully he's able to turn things around. He's still a very young pitcher, you know, at the big league level, though he was going to start in Albuquerque. So, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens going forward. Nobody, whether it's COVID, and, and you hope that doesn't affect things, you know, much at all now going forward, we'll see. Uh, but, you know, there, there are going to be injuries and how teams navigate injuries and what kind of depth you have is the, you know, the true uh, test for every 40-man roster.
0: Very true. All right, let, let's kind of jump into our, our season preview. We'll start with our, our team at home. Eric is is inquiring about it here in the chat about the Rockies this year, how well they're going to do in the NLs. We know it's an incredibly tough division with the Dodgers, but now with three wild cards, you know, it makes it a lot more interesting. And the way that I see this season going, and again, it can go you know one of two ways, but I can see that the, the Rockies can contend, in you know June, maybe even early July. And at that point, Bill Schmidt can work some some more of his magic and go ahead and acquire any pieces wherever they may need it. If it's the the back of the bullpen, if maybe it's it's an arm for the the back of the rotation, uh, another another bat for power depending on what goes on with injuries or players who aren't getting it done. And as long as they can be successful through that first week of July or even the all-star break, I think there's definitely some chance that they could you know, work their way into one of those three uh, wild card spots this year in the National League.
1: Well, that's why I think, you know, there was a lot of uh, chatter during the CBA. I'm now mentioning in the CBA negotiations that the extra wild card would de-incentivize teams to make moves because they figure, well, we can still, you know, we can sneak in with, you know, 84, 85, 86 wins, and we don't really need to make that move. I, I think it'll actually work the other way. I think There'll be more teams that feel like they have a chance and will, uh, you know, potentially exercise an opportunity. And and the Rockies, uh, you know, hopefully are one of those teams. Hopefully they can they can stay in it and and get themselves to what is it, the August 2nd trade deadline. Now and do something or, or a couple of things that that make them even better, not just in the near term, but but going forward. And to Eric's question, I don't you know, I don't see the Rockies winning the division this year i i hope i'm wrong i hope uh, i hope they shock you know a, a lot of folks uh and, and are able to do that uh, but you know on paper they're they're not nearly as good as the uh as the dodgers i think the giants are going to come way back to the pack uh personally and and then you have the padres who have a, an abundance of talent they underperformed last year we know they're going to be with that to tease for several months but they still have they still have a you know really capable roster the rockies will win that first division when the talent level and the performance and the health and all those things align in the same season we know they were very close in 2018
0: they were yeah that 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 was an exciting time it's crazy how, how time flies and four years ago you know five years since since 2017 uh, I think there's a lot of excitement, you know. Like you said, you know, they might not win the division, but we know that doesn't, you know, mean what it used to in the past. You know, there there was a time which if you had the best record in the American League or National League, you went to the World Series. You know, then we had divisional play, and um, and and so now it's it, as long as you're in that postseason, it's a brand new season. And you know, the, the Rockies are exciting. People are really juiced up, not just about Chris Bryant, but I think you know the moves that they've made and. I think I think it was a bummer, you know, to, to trade Ryan Meltapia, obviously a fan favorite. But when you see what the Rockies got back, I think people were really, you know, intrigued by that, along with the pieces that were involved in it. This willingness now, maybe, to trade some of the prospects, and you know, the, the fact that they, you know, saved some money on on Gritchick's salary. Just there's there's a lot of juice right now. I think, uh, in in a positive way, people are excited to get back to the ballpark and root for the Rockies this year.
1: Well, the the excitement lies in in a really good. Front four in the rotation, you know, led for me by Herman. He's the most talented. I know he's going to start Saturday and not Friday. Uh, you, you, I don't know if Kyle will ever replicate what he did in in 2018. That that may have been a career type of year, a 2.85 earned run average for a guy that calls Coors home is otherworldly. Uh, but there's better in there, and the way he competes, and we we've seen glimpses of 2018 again. Now we have to see it over a more consistent level. But it begins with Herman. And eliminating, you know, three or four of those real clunkers, not OK, it wasn't a great outing today and he gave up five runs in five innings or five, five runs in five and two thirds. Those those happen to virtually every pitcher. It, it just can't be the nine runs in two innings and, and you're out of the ball game when you had your 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 quote number one on the mound. Sensatella spins the ball much better than he ever has. He made great strides last year. I'd love to see his strikeout total raised a little bit. He's going to be a heavy ground ball guy. And I, and I'm a big Austin Gomber fan. Uh, I like what Austin Gomber's made up, but you got to keep those guys healthy because there's, there's not a lot of uh, depth. And the other part that you alluded to from an excitement standpoint, yeah, you have Chris Bryant in left field. You lose Trevor story. Uh, You know, maybe that's a wash. Uh, offensively. So you go, well, where are you better? Well, Randall Gritchick is going to provide a lot more home runs on paper, certainly than Rymel. And then you have to have, I love how Buddy puts this, Patrick, you have to have some incremental improvement across the board, not, you know, some guy who hit 10 homers last year, all of a sudden hits 35, like a Brady Anderson type thing, though. We kind of know how that happened back, back in the day with with baltimore great workout
0: regime great workout regime is how he did it right
1: yeah exactly and <laughs> some help from his pharmacist allegedly um so then you take again you take like a brendan rogers who, who may have a chance to break out he's such a young player and does he ju- does he jump from 15 homers to 25 incremental improvement ryan mcmahon hit 24 last year does he go 24 to you know 29 or 30 so it's not like oh my god this guy just made a quantum leap it's it's a nice progression for players for the most part who are young in their prime and and that overall leads to excitement and will lead to you know a much better offense which is an absolute necessity for the Rockies to win you know far more games than they won a year ago
0: yeah, incremental growth is is definitely the way. And they they still have those young players who, not 22 years old, young, but young enough where they're still trying to establish themselves. Sam Hilliard is another one of those names, obviously. You throw into the mix there and you get excited about, you know, what he can do with with more regular at-bats. Keep the questions coming, too. In the chat, we'll get to them in, in just a second, Will and FNL Aviator. You know, one thing that we've been doing this entire week is player previews. Uh, you can check that out here on our channel dnvr sports on youtube and that was the question that, that you touched on there with marquez is he is the rockies ace despite the fact he's not going on opening day He is their best pitcher made the all-star team last year but can he this year as you said get rid of those clunkers can he become a true ace Right, mean, all, all 30 teams have their ace they're their best pitcher but marquez has the ability to become a true ace it's obviously a lot harder to do at at coors field your numbers are going to be a little bit inflated, but if he can reduce those clunkers and have a few more of those dominant outings, which again, isn't a, a big leap, it's incremental. He can become, I think uh, a true ACE. I think he has that ability in there.
1: I, I like that term because yes, 30 guys are going to start on, on opening day, right? There's 30 teams, 30, 30 pitchers are going to get tapped on the shoulder and say, Hey, you get the baseball initially. That doesn't make them true ACEs. Uh, there's probably eight, ten, maybe twelve. I don't know. That's probably a stretch. Yeah. In, in baseball, we know their names. Degrom, he's hurt. Uh, you know, the Mets have two, and in Max Scherzer, who's not 100% healthy, either. Garrett Cole. You you know who they are. I mean, true. Boy, it's going to be hard to score against these guys. Does Herman have that ability? Absolutely, he does. It's not like you're saying, well, man, if if he picks up three miles an hour or if his slider's a little sharper, he has all the stuff and he has the makeup to be a true number one. Now it's taking that next step. And and he embraces that. He's talked about it. He understands that he has to, you know, remove the clunkers from, you know, the the season's 30 plus starts. So it's nice to have a guy with, with that, ability the Rockies have seldom have that have had that in, in their rotation
0: yeah all the tools are there he doesn't need to go to Home Depot or Lowe's or, or get some steel equipment some some great equipment Thank you. that's steel. right
1: feels the best
0: wink of course right he doesn't need to go out and get that he already has that his his garage his tool shed is loaded so you can see all of those wonderful things happening for him and and you could get in on some wonderful things down at the ice house I don't know well, I'm gonna try to Pull, pull your arm, goodie to get you over to, to come to, to Ice House. We're going to have a cool little watch party there before the game. We're going to unveil two new Rockies shirts while we're there. All of the DNVR personalities are going to be hanging out. Uh, you might meet a couple a couple of new friends and faces there uh, along the way. You know, if you're a member to the DNVR.com now, only 50 cents for your first month. You get a member-sized beer when you're down at the DNVR bar on the corner of Colfax, New York. And, yeah, the bar will be open at 2 p.m. in time for first pitch. For you there. Lightshade, Colorado's premier dispensary, has a great solution for ensuring that you wake up in the morning feeling refreshed. It's not a solution that's going to knock you out with powerful drugs like some of that over-the-counter stuff. It's called Wana Optimals Fast Asleep Gummies. My parents use it every night. They are a lot more chipper in the morning, and before they even have their, their first cup of Strava craft coffee, they're already a little bit perkier. They're already, already a little bit more clear, and they've got some clarity to them. Wana Optimals Fast Asleep Gummies contain 10 milligrams of CBD and just a hint of THC, just the right amount, a little bit, to get the eyelids feeling heavy in about five to 15 minutes. Knock you out, You'll sleep great. But in zero minutes for you right now, you can order of Optimal's Fastest Sleep Gummies at LightShade.com and get 25% off with code DNVR. Use code DNVR at any of LightShade's 10, soon to be 11 Denver metro area locations. And if you want to watch our guy Drew Goodman here on television and you're having some issues with your AT&T Sportsnet, don't fret because Ivaca TV is also going to help take care If you go to avaca.tv slash dnvr you're going to get the rockies you're going to get the nuggets you're going to get the abs as well along with the mammoth rapids all coverage in one spot it's just 25 dollars per month plus a receiver the price gets locked in for two years so you don't ever have to worry again about watching all your fav- favorite denver sports teams in one spot it's avaca.tv slash dnvr well One of our questions here from FNL Aviator has to do with the division containing two larger market clubs, Dodgers and Giants. And the question that uh, FNL Aviator has is, is this the best division in baseball? And I think in many ways you could make that statement. I know last year, the NL West, I think one about 413 games combined, right? Obviously the Giants and Dodgers did uh, half of that workload, but that was second only to, I believe the AL East. And, uh, you know, I think this year you could have that same situation. Now, even if, you know, the Giants lose 20 or rather win 20 less games than last year, you say, all right, well, that's 87. That's good. You know, the Padres can take a step forward. The Rockies can take a step forward. D-backs really can't be any worse. I think the strength of schedule in the NL West is going to be something that benefits them a little bit. Because if you think about the worst divisions in baseball, the worst division, hands down, has to be the American League Central. And who does the NL East play? the American league central this year in interleague play. So I think that's one of those ways that you can siphon a few more wins into the division. You make it crowded. And you know, if there are 3 postseason teams that come from the NL West giants, or rather three wildcard teams that come from the West, it it wouldn't be totally shocking right now in 2022.
1: No, I wouldn't be shocked by it. I'm a little skeptical of the NL central. The Mets already have issues, even though they, they made a lot of moves on paper, they have issues, you know out of the gate we know atlanta is good yep. washington we are pretty sure is not very good philadelphia should be pretty good they you know they have a a really good lineup and they have aaron nola fronting uh their rotation that's that's you know miami is with their pitching is is not going to be you know an easy when, when you go in there you're gonna you're, you're gonna face good arms uh, but overall, I would agree that the National League West certainly in the National League is is by far the deepest division and it starts top as it has year in and year out with the Dodgers, as I said a moment ago, and you alluded to the, the Giants are going to take a step back but if they took a, a step back by 20 games that's still 87 wins. Um And we'll see if, you know, if if even that's doable for them. The Padres have a lot of talent. They have a lot of good young talent filling in like CJ Abrams is going to come up. He's one of the best prospects in baseball. His natural position is shortstop. He may play there right now while Tatis is mending uh, from the motorcycle accident. Uh, The other division that you mentioned is the AL East because Toronto's outstanding. Uh, The Yankees have a lot of talent. Typically, Tampa is always there. Boston is pretty good, and Baltimore is bad, but they'll be
0: better because it's hard to be as bad as they were. And they've got Jordan Lyles in their rotation too, so they they've got that little boost coming, right? Um, if you say so, <laughs> he's better than what the the other options that they have. We I think we can agree on that. They, sure.
1: they have they have some young talent coming, and they but do. They're not they're they're not very good.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Dodgers. I mean, I think they're still the favorites, you know, even the fact that they only have one world series in the last, you know, six years. And it came during that pandemic shortened season, you know, they, they still have the best roster in a weird way. It feels like their roster isn't as good as, you know, it was last year going into the season. I think, you know, I think a lot of that has to do with the fact that you've got 2018 MVP Cody Bellinger, not looking like a guy who can regain that form. i don't i don't think their their season in any way hinges on his success but he's going to be the factor of whether or not you know they win 99 or 106 again or or 107.
1: patrick i'm in lockstep with you Uh, that roster a year ago was the best 26-man roster it used to be 25 as we know that i've ever seen and forgive my opinion a lot of people in baseball said the same thing. Dave Roberts, I know he manages them, but he could very easily say, well, you know, I thought the, the team we had a couple of years ago was deeper. He felt across the board, this was the best roster he had ever seen, not just the best Dodger roster. Now, to your point, they've only won at one time. And I know Dave went out again and said, yep, we're going to win the World Series this year. I, I agree. I don't think they're damn good. I, this sounds stupid to say, they're not as good as they were last year. They're still really deep. They got this kid, Bobby Miller coming. He's not gonna even going to be in their rotation. He throws hundred miles an hour as a, as a future rotation member. They're going to get May back uh, at, at some point. They re-signed Clayton Kershaw, as we know, who still knows what the heck he's doing when he gets on the mound. He's a future first ballot hall of famer, but they needed help on the back end because Kenley Jansen's gone. So they go and get Craig Kimbrell. They trade AJ Pollock. So a lot less depth, a lot less depth when you talk about, you know, their, their outfield possibilities. And then the, the elephant in the room is Cody Bellinger, who is one of the game's best players for, for well over a year. And has, I mean, he has fallen and he can't get up, man. I mean you're you're talking about a guy who hit what a buck 65 last year, do I have that right? And, and and this spring he struck out in what was it like 75% of his at bats. You almost wanted to cover your eyes, you felt bad for him. So they're they're terrific. They have a
0: great deal of talent, but they're not as deep as they were. No, they they're absolutely not. And I think that's why you know, they, they have so many injuries too. That's, that's one of those strange things. I don't know that you can pinpoint. I know the Mets uh, have always, you know, seems like in the last couple of years, they've always had a lot of bad luck when it comes to, you know, their, their training, whatever it is. And, and though you have those injuries. And so you look at the OKC roster and you got guys like Jake lamb and Kevin Pillar going, that's fine. I'll, I'll play in, in, in triple a because I know someone's going to get hurt. I'll find my way onto the roster and, and, you know, maybe win a championship, but yeah, you know, the, the depth is, is, I think a, a huge piece and their farm system. Isn't as good, you know, it's still pretty good. still pretty talented, but they gave up two big chips last year in order to get Trey Turner and in order to get Max Scherzer there uh, who, who's since left. So, you know, they can, they're only going to be able to do, to do so much, but yeah, it, at DraftKings, they're at 98 and a half as the over under, I, I think it's still pretty safe to probably take the over in there. Yeah. They have, they,
1: they still probably are the most talented team in baseball Last year, it was an embarrassment, but it just speaks to how difficult it is uh, to win it. I think the MLB is very similar in that regard to the NHL. We know the Avalanche have the best record uh, in hockey. They're probably going to win another President's Trophy as they won last year. They didn't win it all, as we painfully know, uh, you know, a year ago. Uh, And baseball, you can be great over 162, and you can have the best record as the Giants did. And right behind them were the Dodgers, and neither one of those teams won a world series it was the 88 win atlanta braves so you got to get in it that's the bottom line even if you're a wild card you get in it and you you never know what happens and speaking again specifically of the dodgers yes there's not a gm in baseball that wouldn't take their roster uh, over anybody else's right but that doesn't guarantee them anything
0: the Padres aren't guaranteed anything either, and you know, last year I was all I was all in on them. Same thing with 2020, and you know, they they really upended the Rockies season in 2019. You go back and look at that series, and in, in the middle part of June, when the Rockies, you know, they they had one of the wild card spots, and then they it was four game series. It was I don't know, it was like 127 hits across the four games. It was crazy. Wade Davis was blowing saves. That was the start of them getting better, and you know. Enjoyed what they were doing from afar, especially with the rise of Fernando Tatis, but with all the moves that AJ Preller has made, I I feel like, uh, I I don't know what the phrase or idiom is, but he's just, he's just playing a shell game and, and their prospect and their, their, their farm system, I think has been weakened in in a major way. Still got a couple of those guys like CJ Abrams, you said, Mackenzie Gore, Luis Camposano, a nice little catching prospect, but they're coming up short, and I feel like they're a little bit suspect. Suspect is the word that I have for them this year, despite the fact that their their best pickup probably this offseason was their manager, Bob Melvin.
1: They were a big disappointment last year. and Did injuries have something to do with that? And then they get hit with the off-the-field injury to the best player, I think, in baseball overall, Fernando Tatis uh, Jr. They'll get him back at some point and they went out and the most important move they made and you just stated it was getting um really uh an unquestioned leader a, a guy of great maturity that's going to lead them day in and day out and that's bob melvin they get clevenger back but you know how long is it how, how long does it take for clevenger to be the clevenger we remember and not a guy who's rehabbing, still coming back, you know, from an injury. What what does it look like with you, Darvish? These are these are questions that you know every team has. They have high end talent. Uh, they were a disappointment a year ago. Let's see how it rolls out this year. And as you said, in, in a really difficult division, you know, when when you're having to play the Dodgers and the Giants as many times as you do, nineteen each, you know, it it, it's, it makes it you know more challenging.
0: I don't think we've had a chance to talk about this because, you know, this could be an interesting factor for the Padres and Giants, who are two teams, along with the Dodgers, seems like they can just pick up a reliever out of nowhere and, you know, turn them into the next best thing. Uh, and, and they can just, they, they can do that all the times, particularly with the young players. And a lot of that has to do with them being in, you know, more pitcher-friendly ballparks. But now with the humidor coming to all 30 ballparks, which you go, well, yeah, that really should only you know, implicate certain things for teams that are at altitude or, you know, Arizona or even Atlanta, who is, you know, just a a thousand one feet above sea level. But some of those ballparks that are on the shore where it's a little bit more humid and there's more moisture in the air. Now the baseball is going to be a little bit drier. And then there's been some speculation that the ball might fly a little bit better out there. Have, have you thought about you know, whether or not we might see home run numbers increase? I don't think they'll spike, but we could see an increase there in, in places like San Francisco, San Diego, and then in Florida and Tampa and Miami.
1: I hadn't given a great thought. I do know uh, that every team will be using a, a humidor. And so there'll be uniformity uh, with the baseballs and, and we'll watch and see how How it plays out. The baseball's gotten a lot of attention the last few years. Sometimes in the middle of the season, it seems like there's been a jump. I do know this much. Historically, the numbers the first six weeks of the season or so will be down because there's still cold weather games in a a lot of areas of the country. So you're not going to see robust numbers offensively. Um, But once it warms up, the ball will jump. We are in an era where guys hit the ball over the wall and uh, so i would i would i i don't see the trend changing this year from what we've seen over the last you know decade and that's rising home run numbers and rising strikeout numbers
0: we got two more sleeps until opening day and those sleeps are going to be very good if you're taking some Juana Optimals Fast Sleep Gummies 10 milligrams of CBD hint of THC again you can get that at Light Shade Colorado's premier dispensary use our code DNVR so you can get 25% off all non-sale items, things like Juana Optimals, Fast Asleep Gummies. Get them at LightShade.com for pickup. Use code DNBR at any of LightShades. 10, soon to be 11 Denver Metro area locations. We do have this question uh, about opening day. You know, opening day around MLB is on Thursday. So Rockies, they've got theirs on Friday. There actually were, were two games that were already canceled. I don't know if you saw that, but the Yankees game, I think they were playing the Twins maybe? Yankees... No, no, that's it. Yankees have been already postponed, so they'll get started on Friday. And then Minnesota's game in Minnesota, in their open-air ballpark in Minnesota, has also been postponed until Friday. But uh, any games in particular on Thursday you'll be watching? Or are you just going to be flipping around here, uh, Todd asks? You know, what, where, where are you tuning in on, on Thursday as you get ready for the Rockies opening day?
1: I'm going to be watching Arapahoe play Cherry Creek late in the afternoon um, on Thursday, hoping we can bounce back from a rough loss on Tuesday against the Bruins. Uh, I, I don't know. I hadn't. I my my focus is on the Rockies taking on the Dodgers on Friday. Uh, you know, later on in the evening. Um, well, actually, everything will start in the day, right? So I, I don't know. I'll, I'll have something on. I hadn't given a uh, a lot of thought because, I mean, you know, when you when you work in this business as you do, you you focus on on your job. And, and my job is preparing for the Rockies and Dodgers series this weekend.
0: That's right. Yeah, I think the first now official game will be uh, at Wrigley Field. So you know, I'll, I'll tune in there just to okay. see. What yeah, and I mean, sure. Check it out. See us so it. I, listen, I ain't going to lie either. I'm
1: going to have a whole lot of what's going on at Augusta National on <laughs> in the morning. Because with what Tiger Woods has done, just being able to get back out there is phenomenal. And, and that's the best sports story going. So uh, I'll bounce around, man. There'll be baseball on, but there'll be Augusta National on in between running over and coaching some high school baseball.
0: I wanted to wanted to ask you about your guest this week on the Drew Goodman podcast, which is was Bud Black. Is have Buddy- you heard of him? I have. Okay. Bud Black, I yes, notable golfer uh, out of Washington, you know, by way of of Southern California, San Diego. Is is Buddy a big golfer? I, he doesn't really talk about it too much.
1: Yeah, Buddy likes to play. Oh, okay. Buddy will play on off days. Buddy will get out there on off days, go out there with the uh, Mike Redmond, and and uh, get a couple guys. Yep. Does he go? Does he go left side? Is it, I imagine, right? Uh, you know what? That's a great question because I I I've never played with Buddy, so I'm trying to. I'm trying to. I have to ask him if he if he go if he plays lefty. And I should know this because I think I've seen his golf swing somewhere. I
0: don't know. Well, he he hit from the left side, so that that could probably be the answer right there, right? It, yeah,
1: but there's some. I mean, all my boys, for instance, swing the bat lefty, and two of the three play golf righty. So there's a lot of guys who who swing the bat lefty, but play golf from the right
0: side. Don't want to, of course, give it all away. You'll have to wait to listen to that and download it on Thursday morning. But any interesting, you know, notes or any interesting details from that conversation you had with Buddy, you know, going into this season—a perfect guest to have, you know, right here at the start of of 162. Yeah, one of the things I, I think
1: not only. That I appreciate about Buddy, I'm sure you do, Patrick, as well. We interact with him all the time. First of all, he, he's he's a great person. Number one, great person, very consistent personality, and he's very honest too. And uh, I think he gives an honest appraisal of what he likes with the Rockies, what his concerns are with the Rockies as they embark on 162, and so you're gonna get you're gonna get candor. Uh, as always, from the Rocky Skipper uh, uh, on the podcast, which, uh, as you said, will come out tomorrow morning.
0: And I imagine you'll you'll go ahead and make a couple predictions about the season a little bit. And like you said, talk about the Masters. I uh, will talk about the Masters. Um, You know what?
1: I'm not big on... We all do it. It's like you're obligated. Okay, the season's starting. How many wins are they going to have? And we do this in every sport. I don't know because I don't script it out. Right. Patrick, you do this every single day. You you have an idea, you have an outline of things you want to touch on. Uh, you know, I'm going to go over certain, you know, absolutes for the Rockies to, to have a chance to contend. Um, so, but, but sitting here and going, okay, the wind total is going to be X. I don't know. I don't know if I'll do that. Maybe I will. I don't
0: know. Yeah. Well, I think win totals are probably like the hardest thing to come by because it's it's there's the specifics, but you can get a feel if a team is, you know, postseason contender and whatnot. What from the National League and maybe we go division by division, who are you thinking is going to have a playoff spot? Whether it's because they win the division or because they get in with a wild card like NL East, I think you've already said Atlanta and Philly are probably my two favorites. The Mets, they're they're old, man. Something always goes wrong for the Mets, despite the talent that they have. I yeah, think I'm are probably Yeah,
1: yeah, it, yeah. I mean, you and I both grew up back east. I, I was a Mets fan, as many people know. You know, growing up, and uh, I'm skeptical. Uh, it. I, I wish I could watch Jacob Grand pitch all the time because he's when he's out there, it's just different, right? I mean, he's, he's even different from his new teammate, Max Scherzer. I mean, he just sits on a hundred miles an hour, and I mean, but. He, he just can't stay healthy, right? And they have other issues. So, yeah, I would say Atlanta, Philadelphia. You, you got to like their chances. Moving over to the Central, I don't know what to make of the Cardinals. By the way, I think the team the Rockies just played forty eight hours ago, Patrick, uh, that we had on on television on AT and T Sportsnet, Milwaukee. Even if Burns and Woodruff aren't as good, Peralta in the three hole—I mean, you still got Hayder and Williams late. Their offense is nothing to get tremendously excited about. But that division—I mean, Cincinnati—you know, a lot of guys left. We know that. As I said, St. Louis—I don't know what to make of them. Pittsburgh's not going to be good, and uh, and and the Cubs—they're
0: okay. They're okay. So many things have to go their way, which in that division, you could actually, you know, possibly see that happen. The Cubs are probably have the same roster makeup in general as someone like the Detroit Tigers. And you go, well, the Tigers aren't going to win the division and go to the postseason, but, and and maybe you could make the case for them too, if, if, if they can, you know, usurp the the white Sox. but it's not exciting. But if, if those, all those veteran guys click, sure. But you're right. I think it comes down to Milwaukee or St. Louis St. Louis has their question marks.
1: I mean, if you were handicapping this thing and, and, you know, removing any bias, you you have three more playoff teams beyond division leaders or division winners. So you're going to favor the Dodgers heavily Mm -hmm. in the West. You're going to favor Milwaukee in the Central. You're going to favor the defending world champions in the East and Atlanta. So now you have three more teams. I would say next among that group, and, and they all have potential issues, for me, would probably be the Padres and Philadelphia. And that third one, who knows? I mean, if things align right for the Mets and, and they end up getting, you know, 24 starts out of DeGrom and 28 to 30 starts out of Scherzer, then you like the Mets like you did, you know, in the winter. Yeah, If you don't, I don't know. And that's where a team that, you know, can all of a sudden elevate and maybe surprise. And we all out here hope that the Rockies somehow uh, are one of those teams that they can contend, you know, for a wild card. I mean, even the Padres, I mean, there's quite, you know, there's questions. I mean, if I had to slam the gavel down, as I like to say, Patrick, say, I know these teams will be postseason teams. I know the Dodgers are going to be a postseason team for sure. They're going to be a postseason team. And I would be shocked if the Braves are not a postseason team, because I think the Braves, even though they won it all last year, and sometimes you have a, you know, a hiccup, a a letdown, I think they will be better in the regular season than they were a year ago. Have to be. Yeah. Right. They won 88 games. I think they're a 90 plus win team. You know, after that, that's why they play, man. You just, you just, you can't ever be entirely sure. And in injuries, as we know, in every sport are, are going to play a role.
0: Yeah, that it's exciting because with that extra wild card, there's a team that we didn't mention that could be there. Like maybe Miami. Maybe it clicks for Miami. Maybe. Probably not. But maybe it very well could happen. again. Cubs are in that group. I think. I think in that maybe situation, because, again, there's always someone that takes you by surprise. I think Miami, Cubs and the Rockies are all in that group where I bet you one of those three teams like that, that would be an interesting bet to say, could you name all six teams or would you rather have Cubs, Marlins or Rockies as just as, as one of the teams to make it. I think I'd rather have that. Those three teams.
1: It's kind of like a master's bet. Do you want, do you want, (laughs) you know, John Rom or the field? Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. It used to be, do you want tiger or the field? You, know, you get you get 90 other guys where you can take one guy. Uh, interesting interesting little prop bet that you've put forth
0: like that. All right, and the American League, you know, the AL Central is really we'll start there cuz it's the White Sox and and everybody else. There's there's a lot, you know, the, the twins Royals, have
1: a chance to be better.
0: I I have a bit been a Big uh, Twins fan. I, I think they're they're sneaky good. They they were one of my DraftKings picks to make the postseason. So they they could do it even after kind of offloading, you know, Jose Barrios uh, last year and, and Josh Donaldson. They've made some sneaky good moves. You're right. I think I think people I, might be sleeping on them.
1: Patrick, I got I got a prop bet for you because you came up with a good one in the National yeah. League. Would you take the field or four playoff teams to come out of the AL East?
0: Mmm. I'd probably take the field just because it's 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 so hard for, for those three teams. I mean it, it it almost happened last year where we you know if if, if you would have gone that route, I think I think all three wildcard teams would have come out because Toronto had ninety one wins and they were behind Boston, I think who had ninety two, and then Seattle was the next closest at ninety. So yeah, that that's that's a good one right there. That's going to be hard. There's definitely going to be at least two out of the AL East, right? And then, think. Yeah,
1: and, and the, the American League's interesting to me. I mean, it's yeah. a fascinating time of year when you kind of do the prediction model. <laughs> but <laughs> Seattle, who we saw the other day, and they have an abundance of great young talent, and we know Jerry DiPoto makes more moves in than anybody in baseball. They won 90 games last year, as you just mentioned. And the drought continues. They've not been to the postseason since 2001. It's the longest playoff drought in Major League Baseball. Yet, they won 90 games. And everybody will say, well, there should be better this year. They were minus 55 in run differential. Yeah. Minus 55. Wow. Which, I'm sorry, does not add up anywhere close to being 18 games above 500. So, they could be better... And only win eighty six games, and I like the, the the direction they're going. They got some great young arms. You see that Matt Brash throw the baseball, who just secured the the fifth yeah. at the bottom. He's ninety six to ninety eight with a wicked slider. They got Kirby, who's waiting in the wings, who's got similar stuff. I, I like where where Seattle is. Is this the year the Angels finally make a significant move and get Mike Trout and friends back to the postseason? Does Houston take just a small step back or do they take a big step back? Rangers I, spent six gazillion dollars. How much better
0: are they? <laughs> Not at all. I was just I thinking like that rotation, too. Right? Oh yeah. They're, they're still hurting. They're, they're, there are another two half a billion dollar away free agents. I think from getting there. Yeah. I think, I think what we should uh, say, and, and Jerry DePoto has his own podcast and I'm, I, I don't know if anyone's said this to him, but Jerry DePoto makes more moves than Tony Monero, which there's a deep cut. I, I should have just said John Travolta, but I'll go with Tony Monero, his his character in Saturday Night Fever. He he's always doing something on the trade front.
1: Yeah, but Jerry doesn't wear, you know, a white pantsuit.
0: He does have some big collars. I've I've seen the big collars though. He does that. And he usually likes to walk around with two buckets of paint, which is very strange in that ballpark. But it, it's any good, you got any good feelings about like award winners, you're like MVPs, Cy Young? Like, is there one guy that you're like, okay, if I had to, if I had to put some money down on, on, on this guy, I think this is probably the, the, the sure bet to make for the end of season awards, besides Ryan McMahon winning the gold glove at third base, besides that?
1: <laughs> good question, Patrick. There, there's too many variables, particularly when it comes to health with pitchers. So I'm going to stay away from saying, Oh, it's going to be Garrett Cole and the Cy Young in the American okay. league, or it's going to be, you know, this guy and, you know, in the, in the national league. Um, I will take, I'll say Juan Soto will be the MVP of the national league, which again, you're, you're asking me for things that I think, you know, that that's not stepping out on a limb. I would have taken Fernando Tatis if, I thought he was going to play anywhere close to a full slate. We now know there's no, you know,
0: he's not, he's not, he's going
1: to play about half a season. So I'll go Juan Soto. That'll be my one pick.
0: I like that. Yeah. There, a lot of variability with the pitchers. There's always somebody who kind of, well, I'll, right? I'll give
1: you one more. Can I give you one more? Please do. I'll go Bobby Witt junior American league uh, rookie of the year. Cause he's going to be there from jump street and this guy's, really good he had a great spring he he was predicted because he was drafted one one to be great he's been great in the minor leagues he's great in the spring training he's he's going to win national league or excuse me american league
0: rookie of the year bobby witt jr's my pick for that one It, it feels like a lock but the american league has so many great young players i mean julio rodriguez Uh, you know, we, we've seen him down in spring training. He's going to start the year on the Mariners opening day roster. He's great. You know, by the time the the Orioles call up Adley Rutschman, he could be one of those candidates. There's, there's a lot of different options. That's
1: Torkelson is going to start the year in in Detroit.
0: He's the other one. Yeah. And maybe even Matt Brash. So I think there's rookie of the year is one of the hardest ones to pick because it almost seems like it's, it's never the favorite, like Gavin Lux. I think he was the favorite going into 2020. He's still okay. not a starter, dude, right? He's still not a starter. Well, I think now with the Pollock trade, you know. They, oh, is so he? Okay, now he's okay. maybe he'll maybe he'll split some time maybe, with like Edwin Rios. Or something. Yeah, really. They they did him a favor, but you can never know. Say a Suzuki in the National League, you go, yeah, I mean, obviously that guy's probably gonna hit about 30 home runs. But I for AL MVP, I, I gotta go with Vladimir Guerrero Jr. They They the Blue Jays seem to be that darling that everyone is is kind of rallying behind and everyone likes Toronto what they're doing their starting rotation I think is just phenomenal they have like Yusei Kikuchi as their fifth starter I think we didn't really see the best of him in Seattle but I I think he's got another notch there and between him Hyunjin Ryu uh, they've got Kevin Gaussman now to replace Robbie Ray Alec Manoa and Jose Barrios a guy who I have picked as the American League Cy Young Award winner I, I think Toronto is they're going to win a lot of awards this year.
1: Patrick, I'll tell you a real quick story because, you know, we don't see American League teams as much. It's one of the things I really enjoy about spring training because, you know, you, you will see some of the American League teams that that uh, train in the Cactus League. The Rockies were up in Minnesota a few years ago during, during the regular season and taking on the Twins. And this young kid takes them out for Minnesota, Jose Barrios. And you're like, kind of the reaction that people had when Ubaldo Jimenez arrived. And they're like, who the heck is this guy? You know, throwing upper 90s with a splitter and a a hard breaking ball. Well, Barrios, you know, mid to upper 90s and that great slider, a wipeout slider. You're like, who is this guy? And now, you know, you fast forward and he's been doing it for several years. And he's now a Toronto Blue Jay. That's a special talent.
0: Yeah, since he's come up, if you if you take away that rookie season in, in 2016, has a 3.74 ERA there in the American League. So I think he's just scratching the surface. He's going to be 28 this year, so uh, he's he's a little bit ahead in the depth chart with with Herman Marquez. But I think both those guys have another notch to go. And so you know, Toronto's is going to be interesting, and it'll be interesting to get back up to Toronto maybe next year with that more balanced schedule. That'll be. Certainly interesting to, to see what happens for that. Are you excited about that kind of shifting a little bit so maybe it makes it a little bit more balanced for all teams in every division?
1: I, I don't know if you and I have been hanging out together too much because it, <laughs> I literally was just going to ask you that. I was going to ask you, I want to peek ahead to next year because you everybody's going to play everybody beginning yeah. next year. And it'll be curious, unless you've seen a mock-up, Patrick, how they do it, maybe you have, I haven't, No. in that – I still think it's really important that you play a significant number of games inside your division because you, you don't want the division decided. Let's say the Rockies are in contention to win the division as they were in 18. I mean, you want them playing the Dodgers at the end of the year. You don't want them playing the Minnesota Twins and the Dodgers, you know, are playing uh, the Cleveland Guardians. I mean, that it, something's lost there, right? So you still want it, it, it's the number is not going to be 19 anymore, but I don't want it all the way down to 12. I think it. uh, I'd still like to see it somewhere around 15 where there's five series between all the clubs in each division. And so to play everybody or or a lot of those, like, you know, I I call them the Texas two-step because the Rockies always seem to play Texas and Houston for many two game series, you know, maybe, I think it's cool that, you know, every year you're going to play the Yankees and the Red Sox and some of the, you know, legendary teams historically. I think that's cool, but I, but I do still think it's important inside your own division to settle it, that you play uh, the vast majority of, of, of your games, if you will.
0: Yeah. I think it's, I think they reduced it to maybe 14 games. Is that what right, is that what you're
1: saying? Fourteen. Yeah. Okay. So that's, so that creates. Okay, that's 20. fair. That's around fifty. I just don't want it. Oh at twelve.
0: Right. Yeah. So you'll have a three game and a four game series. So that that works out perfectly fine. Basically, you're shaving off another home series, and that now allows you know again people to see Shohei Otani. or it increases the chance. We'll see if it ends up becoming every other year because there'll be those you know AL matchups for the Rockies where all right they play Toronto once, but it's you know it's in Toronto and Not at home and see. So yeah, be it's expensive. not going
1: to be. It definitely, is not going to be home and home. It's going to be one. Right. So, if, if if the Rockies are in Toronto one year, the next year Toronto will be in in Denver. One would assume.
0: Right. And I, I think
1: it's. Listen, innovation. Great. You have to keep evolving. We have had many conversations, you and I, about this. Whether it, whether it's rule related, now it's schedule related. You you want to continue to make it appealing to the people that love baseball and the people you're trying to hook onto baseball. And if you're a young kid who says, man, I really like Bo Bichette and I like, you know, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Man, they're fun to watch, but you never see them. They don't come to a ballpark near you. Not as fun, but if you could say, Hey mom, dad, you see on the new schedule came out, in late July, Toronto's in town for a three-game series. We got to get tickets, right? That's that's moving the sport forward. So, uh, I, I'm all I, I'm I, right now as I, as we discuss this here in early April of 2022 and peak ahead to
0: 2023. I'm in, man. I'm in. And how many kids really or families? get to go to really only one game. All it takes is that one game every year to keep the love alive. Right. And so again, if, if that ends up being your team and you're like, Oh man, Vladito, that's the guy, or, or you're a big Bo Bichette fan. All it takes is that one game to keep it going. And and now you're excited for next season. And that's all it takes.
1: I I was reading a, an article on, on the great Al Michaels, uh, when I was flying back late last night from, from Arizona. And, as many people I'm sure have read, you know, Al Michaels will continue doing some stuff at NBC, but he's going to be doing Thursday night football at Amazon for a little bit more money than you and I are getting to do this, DNBR podcast. And one of the things in the Q and a, he was asked about is, you know, where his love of sports came from. And he said, he remembers vividly going to Ebbets field growing up in, in Brooklyn with his dad to watch the Dodgers, you know, in the fifties. And I thought, and, and then he, he, you know, he went on to say, you know, there was just so much energy and vitality and it's like, man, I would love to be here every day. And of course, by the career path that he took and, and had such great success in he's always been able to be in the arena. You and I are really fortunate in that we get to, to be in the arena and see up close you know the greatest athletes play baseball and so if you're a kid and and you can go to a ballpark with your family and you see you know like we're using as an example bo bichette and vladimir guerrero jr and kevin gosman and they become real to you and you say man this is awesome then you become a fan hopefully for life and uh, you know, sometimes it it it's that simple. Where you, where you're around something, you say this is really cool. And I and I know that's why you and I, you know, are involved in what we do.
0: Yeah, it's it's amazing how just that little tweak to the schedule is is going to open that up to even more of those those possibilities around the game. And and one other final tweak we have to mention, I think that sells the game of baseball incredibly well. Microphones on umpires. I mean, look, when you come to the ballpark, you want to hear umpires talking about review plays and what they're reviewing on tape i think it's I, i'm joking but i think this is a, a good ex, a good addition to that so now everyone's on the same page as to what the heck just happened or what is going on with umpires being mic'd up similar to what we see in the nfl
1: did you i'm sure at some point in time because it it is usually a half a dozen times that i jump up on that soapbox on various topics and this has been one that i'll get on I'm sure I've done it on my podcast, but I know I've done it on ATT and t Sportsnet where you, you're not entirely sure what they're looking at because it could have been was, you know, did the foot come off the base or were they looking at, at some other thing, you know, like on a double play? Were, were they looking at the play at second where, where, you know, the guy wasn't on the base or were they looking at first where it was bang, bang? And you never know. And uh, come on, man. This should have been done years and years ago. So uh, to say I'm excited, that's silly. It just it, it's long overdue. That's how I'm gonna characterize that.
0: Yeah, it's amazing to think like Drew Goodman, Jeff Houston have no idea what's happening. If you're in the ballpark, you have even less of a clue. Because if you're at least you're watching the game, you can see the reviews, <laughs> you know, you can hear your strategy Exactly yeah. you the speculation, you go okay, now at least i have i feel pretty good about what's going on if you're in the ballpark, you're just sitting around waiting for what feels like three four minutes right they they time how long the review took, but before they even go underneath the the hood or they put the headphones on, a minute or two goes by
1: yeah and we we get an email a short time later as to what it was they were looking at but it's not it, it's after the fact
0: an email yeah. there should be some
1: immediacy to providing information when they're talking to new york and reviewing something so good i'm glad i'm glad we have microphones on the crew chief
0: yeah, I, I didn't mind the certified letters I received after they did the the reviews. You know, I, I do have a stack of them, and I just got one in in the mail from a game in September. So it's good that they've kind of upgraded the technology. So now, boom, there's a lot more immediacy. Who's the first guy who goes
1: Ed hockey League and and starts showing off the guns? Is it Jim Wolf? <laughs> I mean, who who's it going to be? Could Angel, be
0: Angel, Angel Hernandez spends a lot of time in the gym. I could see that. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, there there will be some uh, bloopers. It'll be interesting to see what happens with that. Who's who's the first guy that you know it goes viral for saying the wrong word or or flubbing or having his voice crack? One of those kind of situations. It'll be well, you know, I was going,
1: I was going with the gun factory.
0: You know that, with the,
1: right? With yeah. the, who's going to show off the arms now?
0: That's 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 it, man. You, you got to get you got to get a good pump on if you're going to be Mr. Microphone guy. Yeah. You know, and, and are you going to sacrifice comfort and warmth to go with a short sleeve to show off the pipes? So and are, they, are there going to be social media accounts now for the umpire since now they're a lot more public figures? Baseball could be opening themselves up a little bit. You know what I mean?
1: Yeah. Who knows?
0: We'll see. It's it's like everything in 2022, man. Game's changing, it's adapting, and there's there's a lot of excitement right now for Colorado Rockies baseball and, and for the Drew Goodman podcast, which drops on Thursday morning with Bud Black. Man, I'm I'm excited. I'm excited for Friday.
1: Yeah, uh, you can still get the Chris Bryant. way. you can get any of the 140 some odd we've done, but uh Chris Bryant's still uh going strong this week and uh I appreciate the the shout out we'll have buddy and get a season preview uh and again that will launch uh tomorrow
0: excellent i'm, I'm excited follow uh, our friend drew goodman here at drew goodman 42 on twitter we are at dnvr underscore rockies i'm at patrick d lions remember it's only 50 cents for your first month at the dnvr.com it's been wonderful but you know what they say about momentum it's only as good as tomorrow's podcast so i'll talk to you then